Join me right now on Kumite TV is surging welterweight slasher Rico Farrington. What's going on, Rico? Doing good, doing good. Taking it day by day. You're born and raised in the Bahamas. Was there a fight culture growing up on the islands? Not really. It's mainly about just track and field and cricket. So when you were young, were you into any of those other sports? Um, I did track and field for a little bit, but besides that, in the Bahamas, no. Just to go outside, throw rocks, and get in trouble. <laughs> I did see some videos of you uh, fighting in, like, in the backyard or something like that. Could you talk about that a little bit? Uh, like, uh, I don't know. We have like friends, and like some days like we all gather around and use the slap box and stuff. And I guess one of them just had posted that and... That was that. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't nothing like no grudge thing. They just we just do that for fun and then talk about it after. Is that uh like the beginnings of your fight career, basically? No, I used to play baseball. I've been playing baseball from freshman till uh, senior year, and then I did a little bit of um, minor leagues. And I just I tore my rotators cup. And when I was over here, I didn't have no social security at the time. So when I had messed my, my shoulder up, they told me I need to get it fixed. But I didn't have social security or insurance to get it done. So afterwards, they cut me because there was like a lot of good pitchers at the time. And I took like a year off. And then that year, I was just rehabbing my shoulders and everything. And I went to this place called Club KO in Permapine. And while I was in there... That's when I saw, like, these little kids inside this octagon, like, 13, 14-year-olds. I was like, what the hell are they doing? Because I still didn't know about, like, the actual UFC and MMA, anything like that. I was just baseball straightening. So I went in there, like, and I asked the guy, I said, oh, can I do what y'all doing? And he was doing jiu-jitsu at the time. So when I went in, and probably 10 seconds into, the, into us grappling, he tapped me out. And then I was like, what the hell is this? So I was like, let's go again. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm going to use strength because I'm bigger than him. And now to know, you can't use strength over technique. So I did the strength. I tried to hold him down, and he got me in another arm bar. And I was just like, what the hell? So I crushed my pride a little bit. And I went back home. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I went back the next day, and I talked to the manager. I was like, hey, I want to I join that class. And ever since then, that's when I took off. So you... you went from the Bahamas to Southern Florida on playing baseball, ended up getting injured, and then it turned into this career as a fighter. Yep. Wow. I thought it would be a major league baseball. But I was, like, baseball was my everything. I was like, I'm going to be an MLB star. I'm going to live my life. And in a matter of a second, it just switched to MMA. Like, I just, I learned everything so quick. Like, I'm a quick learner, so... In three months, I was I was fairly good, and I just went from there. I started doing kickboxing. I did seven fights in kickboxing. I was 7-0. and I won three championship belts. And then afterwards, I went into the amateur MMA career. And then I won a championship with that as well. Now you're at MMA Masters. How did you end up there? Um, my, after my, before my last amateur title fight, um, there was a guy named Michael Lilly. And he was, he was uh, like a beast and he used to go to MMA Masters too. And I guess they called my coach and I was at Club KO at the moment and said, oh, you're going to be fighting this dude. And I've been watching it for the longest. And I was like, there is no way in hell I'm going to fight. Like, he is so huge. I, at the time, I was like, there, I don't know how in God's name he used to make 170. And I texted him. I was like, hey, um, they wanted me to fight you, but um, 
I'm not going to take it, but can I like train at your gym and see how it is? So he made me go over there because I didn't want to fight him. And ever since then, I just loved it. And I just stayed. Great, man. Now, you know, you start off your pro career, you know, with a win. And then the next two, you drop those, you know, those fights. You know, what did you learn from those fights that allowed you to, you know, knock off the next six in a row? Um, I mean, my first loss, um, just there's no excuse. He was just he was just better than me. He was more experienced. He knew the cage better. Um, I couldn't get away from the leg kicks after like the third leg kick. My mind just went into like like autopilot, and I just couldn't get myself. And my second loss against Michael Grave, uh, I just I wasn't warmed up enough. Um, and as soon as the fight started, he took me down. And when he went on top of me, it was. I, I've never felt that before from a wrestler. And after the fight, uh, when they was talking about my loss, I guess I didn't really take it personally. I was just still like, oh, it's okay. It's just a loss. But my coaches saw that. And they're really strict. Uh, Sensei and Master Caesar and Daniel Belverde. And I guess they saw they saw that I was laughing in the cage and not really laughing, just not taking it seriously. And they left me. They just left. So I went in the back and I was looking for them. I was like, where are my coaches at? And I called them and they didn't answer. So the next day I went to practice, they called me into the office and they sat me down. I was like, you know why I left? I was like, no, I was pissed off. I was like, why would you leave me? Like, you're my coach. And he's like, exactly how you felt, pissed off and all that stuff. He's like, that's how we felt. We didn't feel like you took it seriously. He's like, I look at you as a son and... I know, I know the potential you have and the way you acted, I felt disrespected and I felt hurt because I know the potential you had. And by them leaving me, it hurt me so bad. I didn't want to feel like that again because I look up to them. And ever since then, I was like, I just don't want to have that kind of feeling because they taught me from leaving Club KO, they taught me so much. And I just didn't want that feeling. So every time I get into the cage, I just have a game. So I was just like, I don't want my coaches to leave me. I want them to be proud of me when I'll lose. And it just it just ignited a fire, and ever since then I just went on a murder spree. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. You uh, you were you, you know you just did some incredible things right there. You know, for the last couple of years. Now, you haven't fought in a while. You know, the last time we saw you was at the end of 2017. Yeah, um, you had an extremely long absence from MMA. You know, why did you decide to take so much time off? Um, after my last fight. Uh, um, well, during the fight, when I fought when I, my last opponent, I suffered an injury uh, in the first round. And I mean, I still fought the, all three of the rounds, but I suffered an injury and I had to get surgery afterwards. And after my surgery, I just took the time off just to rehab my knee. And then the year after that, I just wanted to just perfect everything and my coach was just telling me just wait for the right moment because he had a new manager looking for a fight and he told me just don't rush into anything he's like we got like some um good things coming for you so just take it easy don't don't rush into a fight and apparently it got me into the, this contender series so it worked out in a good way i wanted to fight last year but i mean i listened to my coaches they know what's best so i just kept in the gym and just train and train until this opportunity came up yeah man huge opportunity july 30th you're facing daniel rodriguez uh when did you find out about the this contender series opportunity um a couple months ago um i went to the gym and 
they sent me down. It's like they uh master Caesar, master of um Sensei of Alberta. They both sat me down. They told me they said we have good news. Like coming to the gym early, so we need to talk to you because I just had a new manager and he's from Brazil and he managed he used to manage uh um Anderson Silva um uh Bigfoot Silva. He said man's like all those people. So he was telling he told my managers them said that say just don't don't listen to what I said. Just watch my actions. And I guess he put in the work. And I guess he got me this fight. And they just told me about it. And I was just excited. I was like, let's go. So you've been grinding and grinding, waiting for a fight. Did you, you know, train like you're getting, you know, you're going to fight anytime? Or did you have to hop into camp when you found out? Well, I was always in fight shape. Like all last year and even this year, I was always in fight shape. I just... They just told me not to take a fight, just to wait because they have things coming. And but I was there at the gym Monday through Friday, Saturday morning, and at night I worked. Like I was full time at the gym, full time working. So nothing really did change. I was just training, training, training. Do you, so you have a job outside of fighting. What do you do? Uh, I'm a full time bar, uh, full time bartender at Outback Steakhouse. Okay, okay. So you know, I think bartender is one of the most interesting jobs out there man like you get to like meet it. all kinds of people i love it because when i'm at work i'm always goofy i'm always going crazy even at practice like if you can see some of the videos and if you ask anybody at the gym i'm the funniest person there i walk in i'll do crazy dances i'll make crazy noise i do crazy sounds i'm always dancing to the music and i think bartending it fits my personality as well mm -hmm. too because i have my little this is like my arena so i can do whatever i want and customers love it and i got good tips from it Oh, definitely, man. Uh, now, let's go back to Rodriguez. He has built a decent reputation for himself on the West Coast. You know, what are your thoughts on him and uh, his skill set? He's a great fighter. Um, I watched a couple of his videos as well, too. He's a good fighter. Um, he has good stand-up. I could tell he has power in his hand. Um, I'm not taking him lightly. I just know it's a solid opponent for me. But when it comes to, like, the striking aspect and him being a striker, me being a striker... It's going to be a good show, but, I mean, I feel, I really feel in my heart, and I already know, like, I'm on another level of striking. Are you a guy that trains for the opponent, or do you mainly focus on yourself during camp? Most of all, I, I, I focus on myself first. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, they will look for me, like, certain stuff they want me to do to, um, for his style, um, if he's southpaw, if he's orthodox, but mainly I just work on myself and... They do all the work afterwards. You mentioned your coaches earlier, you know, how pivotal they are in your life. How much do you think you have grown since going over to MMA Masters and, you know, working with the coaches that you mentioned? I mean, the record says it all. Um, mm -hmm. they, I've jumped in leaps and strides. Um, my stand-up got so much better. My wrestling got so much better. My wrestling defense got so much better. Um, they have this unique style of our, like our stance. It's mixed with capoeira and traditional MMA and boxing and all that stuff. So that unique style with my style, like it's just I can't. It's like I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I'm always growing. They're always teaching me everything, and they're so good on like nitpicking. So like it's any little tweak, it sh it shows a big difference, and I love that about them too. It's just like oh, I'm throwing a straight and I'm just doing how I want to. Like they will correct my stance, they will correct my length, how like how I'm supposed to punch, how I'm supposed to kick, how I'm supposed to move, always have my head movement. Like I love it. I won't change it. That's my gym. 
like I had I had different people offer me to go to their gyms, and it was great gyms as well too. But I'm loyal to my gym. On top of your coaches, you must have some you know great training partners around you in the trenches, building you up. You're building them up. Who are they? I have Ricardo Lamas. He's a beast. He's he's beyond craziness. I love him. He's really good. Um, one of my other close trainer partners, Cesar Mutanti. Uh, he's a 185er, so he helps me, but most of my fighting count. Uh, Michael Lilly, he's like on a free fight win streak. He's a 170er, the one who I was supposed to fight in amateur, and now nah, he's like one of my closest trainer partner. Um, my other good friend, um, Miguel Baeza, he just actually got his contract in the uh, contender series. He's really good because he came over too. I was, I was the one that was talking to him and telling him he should come over to our gym and to better his career and. And less than a year now, he's in the contender series. So he's a good, he's a good contribution to our gym as well too. And then my other uh, 170 partner, Collins. So they are like my main trainer partners that helped me through all this whole camp. Have you been tr keeping track of the contender series? Uh, for for most of it, yeah. I saw the one when he gave out the five contracts. I saw the one afterwards he gave out like four, and then I watched the previous one when my teammate had fought. What does that say, you know, the last two weeks he's given out nine contracts out of ten fights, you know, and the only one he didn't give is the one that the guy the guy that missed weight. So when you're going into yeah. your fight, it's almost like you just have to finish impressively and then you could get that contract, right? What is the mind state like for yourself? In a way I feel good, but in, in another way I still feel like I still have to put on a good show because in those in those previous seasons he's given out so many contracts. I don't know how many contract else he have to give. So in the last few runs, you know, he now nah, he might be like focusing on certain aspects and whatnot. So no matter what, like it's good that he's given out a lot of contracts, but I still feel like hesitant and like I have to push more because I don't know I don't know if it's limited or it's a certain amount of numbers he have to sign and all that other stuff. So I there's no I just have to finish impressively. You go in. You finish impressively. You put in that work. Dana White hands you a contract. You enter the stacked welterweight division. What separates you from the rest of the pack in your eyes? Um, I'm just, I just got a fire lit under me. Um, I'm going into the big dog town, so I have to show them what MMA Masters is about, everything I've learned, everything I'm continuing to learn, uh, my unique style, uh, my length. I'm almost 6'5", and I'm fighting at 170, um, mm -hmm. almost an 80-inch reach. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm another John Jones at the 170 uh, pounds. Yeah, you know, when you think about Southern Florida, a lot of people would just think of American Top Team, you know, Hard Knocks 365, but it seems like you putting MMA Masters on your back, and, you you know, you're pushing forward and going to put it on the map. You know, of course, Ricardo Lamas has been doing it for a long time, but I think you're the yeah. next the next guy up, right? The next batter. You're you're in the batter circle right now, and uh, it's time to put in work. It's all time to put in work. I mean, we got a couple of my teammates too. They're they're in, they're in the line as well too. But I mean, even though our gym is small, um, we just it's not it's not many gyms. Um, you got a lot of American top teams, gyms all over the place. That's one of the reasons I didn't really want to go to American Top Team because down here I feel like it's like McDonald's. Like every corner it's an American Top Team. And Hard Knocks, is, it's a solid gym as well too. But I, I stuck to MMA Masters. I believe in our gym. I believe in our teammates. I believe in our coaches. I believe we could put ourselves 
like on the map and I just got to show them what we're about. Well, everything starts, man. July 30th, Dana White's Contender Series, Las Vegas. Thank you, Rico, for your time and uh, good luck on your future, man. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you.